0: Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Subway, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And sitting in front of me today is the very talented singer-songwriter, Andrea Ramelow. You got it. Hello. (laughs) Hello, everybody. How's it going, Andrea?
1: I'm good. How are you, Brent?
0: Good, thank you. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So uh, you are, I know your tunes, you're a self-described lover of the darkness. It's true. When it comes to music, which I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love New Day. I want to talk about that in a minute. Finally, somebody brought in Ryan Adams. <laughs> Nobody has done that in the history of the show until now.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm just looking to social media as well, and some people are just discovering Ryan Adams, which is great. I love when people discover artists that I've already loved, um, but he has such a great body of work, and uh, I became obsessed with one album in particular on the road when I was traveling, so mm-hmm. I brought in a song from that.
0: Yeah, I love it. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk to you about Nuda, which was your third solo album, I believe.
1: It was, yes. All right. that mm-hmm.
0: So I, I listened to it. Um, there's a very delicate darkness about that song. Cool. Yeah.
1: Has a bit of an, a throwback feel to it, right? Yeah, it, it really like a, does. A 50s, but almost David Lynchy I vibe. Know. Yeah.
0: I like that. It's very, very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. So on your website, you say that you had recorded that during a dark period in your life.
1: Mm hmm. So shall we talk about the dark period? <laughs> <laughs> now I can chuckle because it's been, you know, it's a few years in the past. No, it was just a, a very transformational time for me just as like a, a woman and as an artist. Um, my band, Scarlet Jane at the time, was going through a transition and we had been on the road incessantly for like about five years straight. And I had a, a quite a public romantic relationship with another Canadian musician mm-hmm. and I we decided to call it quits, okay. um, but we were so intertwined, you know, at that that point musically as well as just madly in love. so um all these things were sort of happening at the same time, and I was sort of left naked, which is why I call the album nuda, which is in my my mother tongue, Italian it means mm-hmm. naked um metaphorically speaking, of course, but <laughs> mm. um and I did uh, a secondary album, a bonus album that was released with Nuda. It came with it automatically called Da Sola, which means by myself. Mm-hmm. So they are the stripped down acoustic versions of every track that came with the album, the full band version that Michael Timmons from the Cowboy Junkies produced. Yes. So um, so I started off with those Da Sola tracks, those demos, because I thought they were demos, right? Okay. And I used that as a process to get through this really dark period you know I didn't get out of bed for a couple of months I was sort of left looking at myself in the mirror and asking myself okay who are you like because I I was always I felt artistically and also romantically emotionally I've always um sort of identified myself in the past alongside so-and-so alongside somebody else you know I mean I've always I've always been artistic I've always been a performer since a very young age but Mm -hmm you know, we just, we just grow these identity patter- patterns and our, our ego wants to latch onto something, you know, to feel more comfortable with yeah. somebody by your side. And this was the first time I was kind of left really by myself. And I, th- you know, that's when I started to, to put the pieces of myself together and, you know, put on some new skin and and discover what sort of woman and what sort of artist I wanted to be. And the whole process of writing these songs for Nuda was that exact transformation. So it was like the music really was my therapy. And I mean, that's how I got into music anyways. I mean, there's a reason I guess I love the dark stuff because the dark stuff pulls you in because we, we feel it and we need to, to, to know that other people in the world feel it too, so that we don't feel like we're so alone and that we, you know. Yeah you know, have nowhere else to go, right? So so the first song I wrote on this album was You're Everywhere, which was the title track. And I wrote, you know, some of the best songs. Cause some some songs you, you toil over for years and they just never get done. Yeah. This song was written in ten minutes. Oh. You know, I had like a glass of whiskey. I I was alone in my tiny little cupcake apartment in Toronto and it was just sort of a free form stream of consciousness um directed to my ex lover my ex partner at the time yeah this this other musician and so um it the song you know it it's one of my favorites on the album it it actually is funny cuz homage and we'll talk about that later but that's a a Leonard you know a, a Leonard Cohen homage album yeah um this song you're everywhere it's just it's almost like i was channeling his his spirit a little bit you know in mm-hmm. that moment so yeah, I wrote myself out of a deep hole, and um, that's right. yeah, and that's where the songs come from. I mean, but there's there is this little glimpse of hope. I hope, anyways. I th- I think that there there is when I listen back to the album, if I ever do, because mm-hmm. um, there's always there's always hope. And w- once you crash, you know, you you can only go up from there from the bottom. So so yeah, that was that was uh, part of that process for me.
0: Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. It's a, I think it's a fantastic record. Thanks. Uh, so the latest record Homage Mm -hmm. is a collection of Leonard Cohen's songs yes and uh, it's produced by Michael Timmons again so he plays on Hold Me does he not Mm,
1: I think he he plays on one or two of the songs but he doesn't do the solo on Hold Me that's Aaron Goldstein okay Um, Michael Timmons he's my favorite producer one of my favorite people of all time Mm -hmm. Um, he's in the well-known band the Cowboy Junkies and Um, You can definitely hear the influence of their sort of, you know, kind of ethereal, sparse, Uh, um, dark sonic landscape that that he brings to his albums and their recordings Um, with, of course, like a little bit of that Andrew Ramelow thing. Right. So. um, So, yeah, I really wanted to what happened was. You know, the music industry has definitely changed. Um, and I've only I've only been avidly touring for about 12, 11 or 12 years now, okay? So, I mean, I haven't even been in it since the 90s, where which I imagine was the end of, of the heyday of it all, right? Yeah. Because there were still big record deals and, and lots of, of money and people were lining up. Like, I remember being a teenager and lining up around the corner at the HMV the local HMV yeah. to buy Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill and I was just like music was just such a thrill it was the thing that we were also hungry for and now it's you know you can just get anything you can I mean you can order a wife from your phone you can do anything you yeah, want in really your I house know. you don't have to leave right so that interaction that uh, that energy that goes toward seeking out good music and finding your favorites and all that I think it's just it's all fragmented like everything else in our world these days yeah. <laughs> not to be completely pessimistic but that's what i do believe and yeah i don't even know where that thought came from i don't know what question you asked me but now i'm on this whole <laughs> rant about the world today um but no i wanted to uh, i wanted to make i wanted to make music this was a love project it was the first pro- project that i did outside of a label or outside of getting any sort of arts grants that that you yeah. know have been really helpful to me in the past you know i paid for it myself um, I had a pre-order going on. And lots of fans and supporters helped me, you know, put that initial down payment on. And I just wanted to get back into the studio, and I wanted to work a little bit differently this time. I knew I wanted to build on my sound that I, um, sort of got inspired to create out of the Nuda album okay. because I started buying all these cool guitar pedals, and I only play bare tone guitar on my solo stuff. Oh, so with Scarlet Jane I played acoustic, but with this, um, and it's funny the the ex partner who I wrote Nuda about, let's just say, or that inspired Nuda. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an old sort of 90s baritone at, at his home, and I would fiddle around with it near the end of our relationship. And I took it home with me. And after we split up, that's what I wrote a lot of the songs on. Oh, and then wow. he asked for it back. So um, <laughs> so I ended up getting my own. But uh, it's it's changed the way that I write. It's changed the way that I perform and it's changed the sounds that come out of my live show. So I really love it. Uh, so I, I've always been scared of electronics and pedals cause I always considered myself a true folky. Yeah. And then I feel like, I was making myself, just keeping myself stuck in that, you know? Like I wanted to evolve. I wanted to grow as an artist. And, you know, so now I use Harmony Pedal for my voice. I have all these cool delays and effects. And mm-hmm. and it really adds because these days you can't always afford to tour with a full band, right? Right, exactly. So you're going on the road by yourself. Yeah. And it's fun by myself. I have like this wooden custom-made stomp stage that's because i used to be a tap dancer so what (laughs) i do in my my leather boots yeah um is like i have a kick drum and a snare drum and while i'm playing the baritone i know it sounds like it might look funny but it actually it actually works you know um so i have my little drummer beneath me and i have the baritone and my rhythm and my soloing and then the singing and if i get so lucky i bring my guitarist or my keyboardist uh, synth player out on the road and and so, yeah, I just I just wanted to get back into the studio with Michael and make some music. And, you know, some seeds were planted along the way for this Cohen album. And in the past, I was lucky enough to work with his son, Adam Cohen. We yep. we did a set with him in the Montreal Symphony in Montreal. And I got to live at Leonard's house for, you know, a handful of, of days. And That's cool. Yeah, that, that was very cool. It's nice to see uh, how he lived and how humble he was, really. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. What period was that? When was that?
1: we were staying at Leonard's house. I mean, we've stayed there a couple of times now, but we were staying when he was actually still, still with us. And then the, the year that he passed about a week later, I was booked on this last waltz 40th anniversary show, the bands, the last waltz oh, in cool, Montreal yeah. and these cool guys, this production team in Montreal, they're my buddies. They put it on and Matt Mays was on the bill, Tom nice. Wilson, uh, the wooden sky was one of my favorite Toronto bands. And and myself and a bunch of other people. And Leonard had just died. And myself and Gavin Gardner from The Wooden Sky, we really wanted to pay homage to his passing because we were in his hometown. So I passed by the house to give my condolences first. And there was just this shrine of beauty mm. up with letters and teddy bears and guitars and, and all these pictures. It was beautiful. Um, they actually had to screen it off with plexiglass because there were so many candles they thought it they would burn down the house. Oh, wow. But at this show, we sang, we, we threw together, Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I'd never sung that song before. And it was so moving. Like this loud, drunken rock and roll crowd just quieted right down. And everyone was so somber. And it Isn't was that great. Yeah, it was just such a nice, beautiful, like you could f- hear the angels flying over us. It was kind of, it was really cool. And um, so I took that song on the road with me. And I covered it every single show for Nuda. I closed the show with it. And then everyone was like, Hey, like, we love Leonard's version, but where can we get this version? Like we absolutely. And so many people started saying that, that I'm like, okay, maybe I should record this song. And then Mm -hmm. one night, a gentleman asked me if I would come back and do an entire night of Leonard Cohen songs as a concert. Ah. And that's when the light bulb went on. And I was like, you know what? There's, I mean, I know, I, I know I just released Nuda this past year, but I love going to the studio. I want to try out these new sounds. I want to work with Michael again. And I love Leonard Cohen and and I love his material. Why not try to put my own spin onto it? Or or why not just honor these songs in my own way, right? And that's exactly what happened. That's really cool.
0: So now you're going on tour January 25th.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, I am. Right? What are you
0: going to be playing on that tour?
1: So I've already done the West Coast. I took the Rail train across and played on the train. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Wow. It was cold, but it was beautiful to look out the window. Um, It was the artist on board program. Okay. And I stopped in every province except Manitoba. Unfortunately, the timing didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So I played shows along the way and now I'm going, I'm heading east. So I'm flying out for one of my favorite little festivals called In the Dead of Winter Festival in Halifax. Okay, And that's on the 26th. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Charlottetown on the 30th, Fredericton on the 31st and St. Andrews, New Brunswick, which is... It's called St. Andrews by the Sea. It's Mm. right on the ocean. It's beautiful. Um, That's on Friday, February 1st. And then I come back and I'm playing London, Ontario at the Aeolian Hall, which is a a, a really cool spot to play. And I've uh, played there a bunch with Scarlet Jane, um, opening for Lee Harvey Osmond and then opening myself for um, Amelia Curran and for um, Madison Violet. Some of my favorite ladies in the business. So this time I'm going to play my own show and we're going to do two sets. So I hope that Southwestern Ontario comes to that one because it's actually a really beautiful venue and it's nice when there's bodies in the room.
0: (laughs) I've never heard of it. Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Very good. So when can we see you in Toronto?
1: Oh, well, there's talk of actually a very small an intimate show okay. in a place that I've actually never even heard of. And I can't even remember it right now. I'm going to be putting it on my website, but I'm pretty sure it's limited to like 40 or 50 guests. So it's really, mm. really small in the East, in the East end somewhere. Hmm. Um, and that's going to be on April the 24th or 5th, I believe. Okay. So that'll be the next show, but it's more of a, like a dinner theater kind of sit down right. intimate evening. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm hoping one of the summer festivals will will ask me to play, you know? Yeah. I'd love to play the CBC Music Fest or something yeah. like that. It's always nice. I mean, I know again the music I play is and I love rock and roll and I love singing rock and roll. The music I write and this last album, it's pretty pretty low key, pretty mellow, right? Yes. It's listening music. So yeah. it's zoning out and just like pouring yourself a bath and a glass of wine or mm-hmm. whiskey type of music. But you know, Starts the day off nice. Nice, yeah. hazy, sunny day, why not? Finishes the day
0: <laughs> yeah. very nicely too. I'm my dad. Thank you. So let's get into these tunes. I was saying earlier that this is one of my favorite lists. I don't mind saying that because I've done the show almost a hundred times, and parts of this list could be my list. Like this is I just light up when I see stuff like this. Okay, cool. So yeah, it's it's great. So it starts off with Janis Joplin and Cosmic Blues. Mm-hmm. You can hear the loneliness. I mean, you can hear the loneliness in a lot of her songs, but like this one, the highs, the lows, like nobody really does it, you know, like she does, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, she's the reason I became a singer. Like, bar none, she she is my first inspiration. When I was 12 years old, I found a cassette of hers and I'm like, and I- I'm like and then I researched her and it's like how does such a how did such a young woman have so much soul? Yeah. And just she was so unabashed that she didn't give a, you know. No. And 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 uh, I just love her power and uh, um she just throws it all out there. She she leaves blood everywhere she goes and um so so yeah, Cosmic Blues is one that I started uh, I I just used to sing along to when I was a little girl. I, I just, I I love the melody. I love the intro. Mm-hmm. It, it just drags you right in. And again, like, I think she references um, to herself being like 25 in the song. She like sings somewhere 25 years and I just want well, now like,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So she's one of my favorites. And I wanted to, uh, you know, choose something that I was really drawn to. As opposed to Bobby McGee, the first song I learned how to play on the guitar. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. or Mercedes Benz. Oh, I, yeah. I like that you picked this one. Cool. Yeah. I'm kind of a deep cuts guy too. So, yeah. Nice. This is, uh, this is a great pick. Nice. Next is Jonathan Bird, mm-hmm. The Law and the Lonesome. This kind of reminds me of Towns Van Zandt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice uh, Nice reference because Jonathan Bird for me is Towns Van Zandt. He's, um, he's a friend, and I've met him through the circuit. Okay. Um, he's American. I I, I he's don't from even. Carolina, I think like he's from Carolina. Yeah. And you know who brought him into kind of the, the the Ontario, I will say southwestern Ontario or Canadian folk circuit is Corin Raymond. I don't
0: know so his name.
1: Corin Raymond is this sort of legendary folk singer who used to play at the Cameron House for years, and oh. I think he still does. And they wrote this tune together. Oh wow! Um, so Corin has a version of it as well. Um, Jonathan Bird's version is the version that I've listened to over and over again on the road. I mean, you had to listen to it, right? Just like this, there's so much space, but it's so rich and deep. And yes. I, I don't know if that's a, a cello or an upright bass, and it just—it's so eerie and and oh, haunting. Oh yes, I mean, it just—you can—it's like a short film, you know that yeah. that segment of music. It's like you're just being pulled into a short film, and you get punched and hit and thrown around and, <laughs> and yeah. And I just, the, the poetry in it is, is, you know, top. It's really great. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. Uh, next up you have uh Fleetwood Mac and go your own way. <laughs> yes. So this is uh, the thing that, that comes to mind when I hear the song all the time. So, you know, you think about cocaine with Fleetwood Mac, right? <laughs> Yeah. but like when you hear that <laughs> snare, you hear Mick Fleetwood
1: playing. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, I saw them live only once and this was not too long ago and he was the show for me i'm, yeah. I'm I, i've always been a stevie nicks fan but he was really the show for me and again I, I was mentioning to you um off off tape that um i last year i i did this fleetwood mac rumors in toronto where a bunch of toronto musicians myself and sate who's one of my best friends yeah. we were the two female singers and we got to sing all these songs every single night for you know four weeks of sold out shows that's great um And I'm still not sick of this album. This Rumors House is probably my favorite album of all time. Really? Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's the one I play the most, that's for sure. And I have two copies of vinyl. So this song, it's just, you know, the song starts in and you just get excited. Your heart starts pumping and you you know you're going to sing along, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uplifting.
1: It is. It's uplifting, but it's a breakup song. So that's what I like about it. It's like a rock and roll breakup song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Next, this is a beautiful song. Canadian, I will give you everything by the mm. Sky Diggers. Love it. What a it. band, huh? I've loved this since the eighties. Oh
1: it's my great. gosh. That that band, i you know, they've been around for so long. They're so great. Um I was like, we were lucky enough with Scarlet Jane. We opened for them a few times oh, in Halifax. Nice. Yeah, and uh we got to join them for Penny More, which I love as well. That was my I was gonna choose that one or a or penny more. Yeah. The layering of vocals, yes, you know, I mean, their harmonies are great, but also the layering of vocals and, and Andy Mays is, um, I don't know if you listened to all of Nuda, but the song that myself and Tom Wilson wrote together, Hey, 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 features Andy Mays on vocals. Yeah. And he just came into the studio. I don't even think he knew the lyrics and he just you know did what Andy Mays does and he he inserted his own little poetry and it's so quirky and great. That's awesome. Yeah, he's so cool. So uh, he's one of my favorite male singers in Canada and yeah. and definitely performers, you know. He's always moving his arms around and everything. Yeah. But this song is just I don't know, som- sometimes I listen to it and I mean the chorus is is very straightforward and you you know what they're they're saying, you know, you know what they're talking about. But, you know, the the rest of 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 the song is just it's complex. It's as complex as relationships can be, you know? Like yeah uh and the next time that you go i will not follow you you know yeah um but i will give you everything that you've ever wanted so just this this back and forth what lovers promise each other and yeah oh such a great melody such a great hook
0: it's just for me that the the melody along with the words, you know, it's been done a million times, but for some reason in the song, th- those two things work together to kind of, you know, provide this very genuine outpouring of, I don't know, every, it's weird because you hear this all the time, but this particular song, I don't know what it is. It just kind of gets you.
1: Yeah, I think it's their inflection too, like um, the way that they phrase it, you know, mm-hmm. and they are, they're such a humble group of musicians. They're all so talented. Um, but their work is yeah like you said it, it just gets you it's yep. been done so many times before but there's this this earnestness that's, in it you know i think that's
0: what it is yeah. i think you're right that's a great way of saying it mm-hmm. there's an earnest aspect about it that's very genuine and
1: yeah and you feel it so and yes they should everybody should listen to a good sky diggers album once in a while oh for sure yeah
0: yeah definitely oh next Sam Cooke, bringing <laughs> this is fantastic. I know. After what, fifty years or more, this music still stands up.
1: Oh yeah, this is—it's it's just I love this song because there's this—is this a PG thirteen show? You can swear. Well, I was just going to say there's this ballsiness to it that's like—that's and that's not a very bad word, <laughs> but there's this ballsiness to it. It's like this man who's you know, po- probably more likely than not done his woman wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's just has this confidence and just like asking her to come back with this swing and this soul in it. It's totally. just like, of course, like who wouldn't come back to that? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> I love I love his approach. You know, the the simple format of, of that, that sort of blues soul song. It's yeah. always been in my heart. I mean, that's why, you know, uh, Janice does that. Nina Simone does that. All the... All, the great soul singers, the people who wear their heart in their music. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that, you know, sure, intelligent musicians that, you know, fantastic, kudos to them. And I appreciate what they're doing from a cerebral level. For me as a listener and a lover of music, if I can't feel your soul or hear your soul in your piece of music, then I'm not, I just, I'm not drawn to it. It doesn't invite me particularly in. Totally agree. And he just is, he's all soul, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just got that swing mm-hmm. too. That you just, you don't hear that no. anymore. You
1: know no, I mean? there's an artist who's that doing this now and doing it very oh, well. Sam cook.
0: Uh,
1: like when I say doing oh, this, I mean,
0: it's like sounding like him.
1: Well yeah and, doing the same and it's the throwback s- and how I can't even believe it. I went to the I went to the concert and I'm is it there
0: was a guy who's doing this like three or four years ago, his name is Jake Bug kind of
1: No, this guy's ish. actually doing he quite he played at Massey. I went to go see him at Massey. Oh really? Yeah. You know when you've had a long day and, and now all I see is like that f- black and white fuzz <laughs> on the old televisions and that's like staring me in my eyeballs right now. Yeah. Um I'll remember it. I'll okay. remember it through our conversation. But and also, just I mean, I came from the world of dance, so I grew up with a lot of like '50s and '60s music and mm-hmm. uh, and Motown and all that. that. I mean, yeah, this is this is this is part of that. So, yeah, I love. I, I wish we could go back, you know, and live it all over again. Sometimes,
0: yeah, I honestly do. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, nostalgia is a, a very powerful concept, but I often think like I was an '80s kid, and I I don't know if I appreciated. music that much when i was kind of inside those movements you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i would love to go back to the 70s oh yeah because that was a time when music was just organic and pure and real Mm -hmm. and you know communal right everybody kind of came to
1: it well there's it's not cultural anymore like before it was rebellious you know people used to sneak into like jazz clubs and and you know dance inappropriately and yeah. smoke jazz cigarettes and do their thing and I, like people would f- would come together
0: yeah with
1: music yeah. now it, f- it just feels like everyone just does their own thing with music we're, se- we're yeah we're segregated yeah we're separated because of technology and i mean can we really go back probably not because <laughs> unless everything explodes and we, we start anew but but it's nice to it's nice to revisit and remember where where we came from yes as yeah. as musicians and where it all started.
0: So, yeah. That's very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you that question. Do you think that music will still matter in decades to come?
1: I think art will always matter just like life will always matter, mm-hmm. but um it's just a bit skewed. You know, we have a different perception of everything including life now. Mm-hmm. I just feel like because of technology now Everyone, and, and this is not an elitist comment at all, everyone and anyone can make anything. We can all be superstars. We can all be visual artists. We can all be musicians because right. we can just open our garage band or get a, a logic or something, yeah, and record ourselves and put it out there, right? It's almost that, and I'm not saying because th- there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty that in, in the fact that everyone can express themselves that that openly and easily, before there was like okay the the people who needed to do it and could do nothing else in their life were the ones who did it Neil young went down to Los Angeles lived on people's couches you know got heard got discovered well when I say discovered he probably worked his butt off before yeah. you know a record label signed him and that's and that's that's great but they saw that talent in that person and right. then his music, was was put out there for the universe to hear but now it's just like you know everyone no matter what they want to say and and sometimes you know things are not really worthy of 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 saying in a yeah. piece of music yeah, you know i
0: totally agree with that it's, so it's been talked about on the show before
1: yeah there's yeah. The, the loss of magic a little bit you know
0: yeah no i agree i, I think that's a great way of saying that mm-hmm. yeah. and it's
1: say it used to be sacred now it's just like whatever you know he, he, Let me stick my in my in. like it's just like yeah. and I teach school right so this is like oh, this yeah. is what the kids are listening to and I'm like oh god yeah. at least let's let's keep it li- about lo- like let's talk about love still like at least at <laughs> least you know let's try to make the world somewhat of a better place let's talk about like how we can like unite or make pro I and mean, I'm not saying write peace songs I'm not saying you know you need, you, you need to uh, protest through music, not at all. Yeah. Sometimes a simple song about connection or love or um, heartbreak or death or something. These are universal themes that connect us. Yeah. you know like I used to say about about nuda, there's uh, people used to write me private messages all the time about that album, like one woman she went through a miscarriage and she mm. couldn't have gotten through it without listening. And it's just like interesting that you know as human beings, we have two things always in common. Love and loss or yes, pain, pain, pain yeah. which comes from loss, right? So it's just like those two universal things bond us and art is usually about that. But then how do we talk about those things? Like look at Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen elevated everything. Mm-hmm. You don't know if he's talking about God or wo- a woman. That's you know, right. That's how beautiful and special his, his pieces of writing are. Yeah. Because everything's up here. It's not just like he just doesn't throw it away because he can make music. Right. He doesn't take it for granted. So that's the difference. I think we take things for granted these days.
0: <laughs> well, no, I and I do too. And the, the thing about Leonard Cohen that I love is that it's just kind of facile, right? He just kind of puts it out there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be structured and... Proper and auto-tuned, he. It sounds like he's talking to you, basically. Well, he is he's talking. He's just like you know what I mean. It's just nice and easy.
1: Yeah, he really. I think he really is talking most of the time. But you know,
0: yeah, there's not there's not a lot of like. It's almost like he colors outside the lines, right? Yeah. The music's going, and he just kind of says, "Hey, da, 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 da. he doesn't try so hard," is what I'm saying. No. He doesn't try too hard.
1: Yeah, and yeah. he's not singing out like that's his style, you know. Yeah. Like that, and that's part of the reason it interested me to this project because I was like, I want to sing these songs. Yeah, I'm a I'm a singer first and foremost. Before I started writing, I was a singer, right? Yeah. So, I was like, I want to I want to take these and sing them and see what mm-hmm. that that feels like. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, Glory Box, mm-hmm. said is yeah, next. great song too.
1: Great song, um, sort of like electronica, trip hop, yeah, different different style. But there's something about that again first of all I love I I used to sing that. like it, this is like the female anthem you know I just want to be a woman like <laughs> yeah. leave me alone I just want to be a woman you know um so this was one of my favorites it always gets me kind of riled up and I like singing along again in the same vein of of like kind of ethereal synthy stuff in the background right. a lot of space sometimes I also when you have a song that's that sparse you're really pulled into the lyrics like you're 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 listening to the writing mm-hmm. and i like i like listening to good writing you know i like i like how people interpret that writing and then like deliver the song in their own voice so and she has a really interesting voice too and i don't know i haven't met a woman who doesn't love that song <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong
0: no me either it, it, this is from dummy i think right
1: i think so yeah like around 94 oh yeah it was the 90s for yeah, sure oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, next. Uh, this is one of my favorite tunes. It's my favorite on your list easily and one of my favorite songs I think of all time. Oh my sweet Carolina oh. or Ryan Adams with Emmylou Harris.
1: Oh, Emmylou, favorite singer of all time. She is an angel. She made me cry. I've seen her twice. She li- literally can open her mouth and it's just like she's of another world. And then of course Ryan Adams that whole album. I I'm I'm pretty sure on my um whatever iPod maybe was playing this album back in, you know, a handful of years ago when I was on the road, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it couldn't play anymore because of how much I played it, you know? <laughs> it was just such a great traveling and road album. Oh, yeah. But this song especially, you know, the harmonies in this and... Yeah. this Again, the simplicity, but just, just how, how effective it is, you know? Yes. Have you seen Ryan Adams Live?
0: Yes, I saw him, uh, I think it was two years ago at... Uh, you were Hamilton? there. No, it oh, was, uh. Crystal. It was a, it was a Massey Hall?
1: No. You saw him there. Okay. Yeah. I saw him at an outdoor festival.
0: Oh, I was there too.
1: You were there. People were sitting on uh, blankets. Yeah. See, I got teased
0: about that because the, the friend that I went with said to me, we should bring some chairs. And I said, what are we like? It's 80? You don't bring chairs to the <laughs> show. Yeah. Sure enough, everybody else had a chair. Yeah. We had to sit on the cold ground. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Because ground. it was pretty,
1: it was, it was a low, low key. Right. And. Yeah. I mean, he played solo. Did Is this the night? He yeah, played solo, but yeah.
0: How how did that even happen? Like, how did he get on that bill?
1: I don't even know. I don't even know how I found out about it, but it was a last minute ticket and I took the opportunity because I'd yeah. never seen him live. And he just, he's such a showman, like one man band. He doesn't, oh, yeah. you know, need anyone. And actually, I'm pretty sure that his first song was Oh My Sweet Caroline. It was, I think. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh God. So, um, yeah, he's uh, an incredible writer. And he gets to do really great duets with some of my favorite female singers. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's well-respected
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and prolific.
1: He is. He So, really so is. this
0: came out in 2000. It yeah. was his first solo record since Whiskey Town, I think, after Whiskey Town. Yeah. And since then, he's been, you know, he's had a couple clunkers. But, I mean, great record after great record.
1: Have you? Did you listen to the the Taylor Swift one?
0: Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. We were just talking about that. I had a, another guest in earlier. Okay. And we had a great conversation about the fact that you know Taylor Swift can be dismissed just based on her general persona and style. Yeah. Right? But when you take those songs, it's, mm-hmm. a, the, it's a great learning lesson because you might take the songs are great, but it's just how they're delivered and, and wrapped. Mm-hmm. Take those and have Ryan Adams do them. They're fantastic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's all about interpretation, and it's like. The, the singer or the the artist becomes the voice box for the for the the lyrics, right? The oh, writing. Yeah. So it's like, which voice box do you prefer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I told the story. I'm going to tell it again. It'll air on another episode, but you'll love this story. So Ryan Adams, this is how cool he is. He was touring somewhere in Europe and he had uh, a female singer songwriter opening for him. Okay. So one of the shows, she uh, was ill and she wasn't able to go on. So what Ryan Adams did, he dressed in her clothes, he no way. played in her slot, and played her whole set.
1: Yeah, right. Seriously. As, as
0: her. And he. I can't remember what her name was, but he, he had like a slight variation on her name.
1: Ha ha, that's know, so great. It just, isn't that the I can't the even believe thing? that he had time to learn all those songs. <laughs> but good I know, for but him. he just did it. Like, yeah, how that's cool dedica- is that? Yeah, that's very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love him.
1: Definitely a creative spirit, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I could do just a podcast on when you come back okay if you we'll want. talk
1: Brian Adams this is like the whole thing yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh patty Smith because the night
1: uh-huh. love this I love this song so much she wrote this with Bruce Springsteen yes yep yeah. I didn't know that I thought she wrote this song because I've always affiliated the song with her
0: I actually think that he wrote most of it and gave it I want to say okay I think I could okay. be wrong about that
1: yeah I th- you could be right about that i know i know that um people um attribute him first and then her name's on there somewhere too in the credits but yes but the song is just like it's one of those anthems oh it's yeah. one of those love anthems yes and uh potty smith just as a persona you know i mean i, I was never I, I i love i love who she is and what she represents you know mm-hmm. and and um she's just a powerful woman who's who's basically lived her life like it's a piece of art mm-hmm. um and she's bold and she's had these kooky great experiences and uh i don't know i just really admire and she's still playing and she's still going and you know what a career what a what a life you know oh, yeah. that has to be admired for sure yeah. but yeah i have i've always wanted to sing this song live like this is one of the songs i've not yet oh you
0: haven't done it yet? i've not yet done
1: Are you gonna do and it? it's well i want to but i want to do it with like a full rock and roll band nice that would be really really fantastic I think yeah. You
0: should. yeah uh nina simone mm-hmm. feeling good
1: Yes. I mean, this is the song that, you know, when you've come out of a dark hole and you're like, okay, I need, this is day one of my new life. You Mm -hmm. know, this is the song you put on. And I've done this many times for myself. This is, this has been, this has been a helpful song in my life. It's also just like, again, very soulful, uh, very powerful and very positive. Yeah, You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a song that, I mean, she always has Nina Simone. There, there's because of her voice, the strength of her voice and her, her rich soul. There's always a little bit of darkness in there anyways. Right. Cause she, she can't just be, she couldn't have been a happy go lucky person, yeah. but there's something about this song that's inspiring it and sort of asks you to like, okay, just take the leap. Let's like, start over fresh. Let's do this. This is like, this is your time now. Okay. Yeah. And this is what I, I listened to this song I mean, I've listened to it a lot in my life, but definitely when I started climbing out of the dungeon a little bit, yeah, I, I used to play this a lot with my morning coffee. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I used to I used to make my little stovetop espresso and put this song on sometimes a couple times in a row and just like, and I mean the, the, the music behind it, you know, that so yeah. many people rip off the, that sample. Oh, for it's sure, like, yeah. It's just, it's epic, so, yeah. yeah it's a new dawn,
0: one. it's a new day, it's a new life. Yeah.
1: And I'm feeling good. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Powerful tune for sure. Absolutely. This next song you have is is really cool. Uh, This whole project is really cool. So this is the new Basement Tapes Mm -hmm. by Kansas City. So you obviously you know the story behind this.
1: So Kansas City is the song. And these are like writings of Bob Dylan when he was recording um, the Basement Tapes with the band. Um, And I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that T-Bone Burnett um, sort of instigated this whole project. And he brought together all these very cool artists. Um, it's funny. Johnny Depp also plays on yeah. this song. It's so random. Yeah. Right? Um, but he got in there somehow. And the uh, guy from Mumford & Sons. It's Marcus Mumford. Yeah, that Marcus sings on Mumford. This, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a voice, too. That guy can belt it. And he's just, you know, he, he's a lovely person to watch sing to. I don't know. There's a lot of joy when he sings in oh, his yeah. eyes. Um, but this song, what a hook. I mean, I love... I, I love the uh the music. I love the idea behind this album. It's one of the albums that I have on vinyl that is one of my favorite vinyls at home. Oh really? And I love T Bone's production. I mean, yeah. I don't know who mixed the album, but I'm not sure. But it's just beautiful. Beautiful. And yeah. there's, you know, there's two vinyls two sides on each, you know. It's yeah. like it's some good listening. So and it's interesting to see I'm not exactly educated on who pieced the songs together for example this particular one kansas city which i love was it the group of musicians that performed it
0: that's a good question i don't know
1: yeah so I don't basically know.
0: The, i guess the story goes that they found these lyrics mm-hmm. from his time when he was recording the, the basement tapes and um they just thought like what would it be like to to attach music to this absolutely which is kind of a really weird concept
1: but so cool
0: yeah i know cool. it's great it's yeah. very interesting i don't know who was responsible for it though
1: i feel like t-bone probably yeah, let yeah, let right. the artist sort of take take you know license whatever. yeah like and i'm hoping i mean possibly mumford wrote this one like mm-hmm. the music to this one yeah but it's just like me like there's just <laughs> some really great just guitar markings on 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 the electric and uh The melody is amazing. Like, and I love you, dear, but just how long? So ah, it's just like, how long can we keep on doing this? You know, how long are we going to continue hurting each other? So. mm -hmm.
0: Okay. One more tune, Andrea. Really?
1: I don't even know where. What what tune is it?
0: We finish off with Leonard Cohen's famous blue
1: raincoat. Ah, I love this song. This is great. Yeah. It's so haunting. And um, so this is one of the ones I chose on my album to cover. Yeah. Because it's one of my favorites of his. And he, it's funny because I read in an interview somewhere that he never, he didn't really like this song because he never thought it was quite finished. Really? Yeah. Which I find interesting because to me it's just this, I mean, maybe as a song he thought it wasn't finished, but it's so brilliant because you're you're reading this letter that a man is, is writing to to. The person who betrayed him, yeah. you know, who is also probably his best friend. Yeah. And I, I love how, you know, he signs off his own name, sincerely like, sincerely, L. L. Cohen. Yeah. It's like, who else can do that, right? Yeah. Um, But also the, like, la da 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 da, like that melody in the background, yeah. it's ghostly. And uh, the thing I love about Cohen oh. and his writing is that there's no apologies like it's it's life right on the table you know yes um nothing is is hidden nothing is too much for him to say and he does it in in the best way possible i mean yeah. he he can take two words and juxtapose them together and you're like whoa i know exactly what he means and i feel what he's saying and it's just overwhelming you know plus it's a song about infidelity in a in a sad but forgiving way. And I, I don't know if I've ever heard anything like that before in music. Yeah. You know,
0: I, again, it, it's just Leonard Cohen. It's just so easy. I don't know if anybody else could get away with this.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, that's what I mean.
0: But it, it, he just has this kind of special style that is all his. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever done it. Nobody's done it since. But I just, when I, when I hear songs like this by him, I just think like nobody else could really get away with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he yeah. really does. And he draws us in. Yeah. And we're left thinking about our own lives and like our own betrayals. And it's just like, whoa, yeah. but yeah. it really does. Like, I wonder if he actually wrote a letter to his friend in real life probably, and just took the actual letter and there's the song. I,
0: but that's what I mean, like when I was saying earlier that he just kind of like throws it out there. Yeah. It almost feels like you're eavesdropping when you listen to this I song because you're like, hmm.
1: I know. <laughs> it yeah. seems very personal. There's this secretive spooky thing about it, but yeah. yeah.
0: And I always wonder what he meant by getting
1: clear. Oh, so that is referring to something to do with Scientology I read. I'm pretty sure. Is either Scientology. It's it's one of the... um the belief systems that he became fascinated in and practiced during the time that he wrote this song. Ah, yeah.
0: Yeah, isn't that like an aspiration on this level that you have to go through <laughs> in Scientology? I don't know a lot about it, but it's... To same. be honest,
1: neither I, I don't know anything about Scientology except that I think John Travolta was a Scientologist, <laughs> but um, beyond that. And it may not even be Scientology. Maybe my my brain is, is going to another memory, but it's definitely something um, to do with some sort of, sort of religion or belief system. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I part of the work, too, was to look into the songs on a deeper level and find out, okay, where was he coming from? Yeah. Who are these characters in his life? And then making them my own. Okay, now, who are these characters going to be? Who am I going to draw from in my own life? What does this now mean to me, right? Yes. Because, I mean, songs like Suzanne yeah it's like okay what a song beautiful song you know i wasn't in love with a suzanne by the river he was so yeah who who did suzanne become for me and uh so i became suzanne when i sang it Mm -hmm. like i took on the character of suzanne in my interpretation of it just just in my own you know in my own brain because you have to make sense of of things right so yeah 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 that is
0: your list. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really enjoyed this chat. Hey, thanks,
1: Brent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was fun. You
0: have to come back. We'll do a Ryan Adams podcast. Sounds good. All (laughs) Ryan.
1: All Ryan all the time. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Andrea Ramelow. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. All right. Until next time, folks. Stay good.
1: Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.